You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Forty years ago, this is Emeritus Rex with Rabbi Ruvain Joshua Pupko out of Cote St. Luke, Beth Israel, Beth Aaron. Of course, Cote St. Luke is in the uh, Quebec suburb of Montreal. Rabbi Pupko, uh, most of the people I think that will be listening to this program will be listening either very close to the beginning of the three weeks or during the three weeks, which, of course, start this Sunday with uh, Shiva Osa Betamuz. Um, there is a difference, as you know, between the Sephardic and Ashkenazi view of what type of humros start happening uh, during the three weeks. Chacham Avadi, of course, was was a big champion of of, of the Sephardi minag of having weddings till uh, the nine days begin. But for most of the Ashkenazi world, this is a period that halachically seems to be, uh, the prescription is, if not sadness, but definitely a time to rein it in, to not expand, to be worried, in fact. In fact, the post can speak about, it's in the Ramo, I think also, about not taking um, risks during this time, not traveling, um, being worried. Right. Uh, we should not, no one should buy Bitcoin during the three weeks. Yeah, or, or any sort of other risky behavior, as you're right. saying. Yes. Right. Yeah, you know, again, I, I, I'm not uh, up to the Wall Street Journal's financial page as much <laughs> as you are, as far as that goes. But I, I guess I do understand, you know, the, the idea. But, but even, and, and you realize, both of us know, that this year, I think, especially since the three weeks comes early, um, there is a sense of what the three weeks now, I'm just ready to go on vacation. School just ended. Um, and what you're having is people taking flights, which I guess is not as risky <laughs> or not. I'm not sure, you know, the risk of a flight, but it definitely, if it's not the flight, but it's also the rapids that we're going to go down. And, you know, if, if, if we're going to get in, if we're going to be able to, uh, if we're going to be able to uh, go to the Grand Canyon or not, uh, and, and people engage in all sorts of summer fun behavior, um, which clearly does not seem to be in the spirit of what, whether it's Chazal or Rabbi Seinu, who, who have put these minhagim in place, it really doesn't jive. And I think before you respond, I, I think we should just explain what, what, why this is the case. We in the United States and, and throughout many countries uh, are really indebted and still living under the shadow of the old agrarian system where students you know, went to school up until the time that they needed to be working in the fields and being involved in, in harvesting and whatever that was. And therefore, school was out uh, in June, allowing these kids to help their mothers and fathers at work. And then they came back to school once that uh, the harvest season had, had basically finished. That system is so illogical today but what, what happens is you have this period of two and a half or three months where children and parents feel this pressure of we got to have fun. We got to go places. We've got to, especially after COVID, uh, we've got to go to every every possible California and Florida um, uh, tourist thing that we can get to. 
And we know that this is really at odds with the idea of contemplating the destruction of Beis Hamikdash and the terrible state our planet is still in and how we still need God's help and compassion. So um, I, I heard from a little bird that uh, even uh, the August rabbi himself is planning a, a little trip during this time. Right. Uh, you know, we've been, uh, as of July uh, 6th, we're allowed to return to Canada without quarantine. So uh, it comes, uh, you know, during the three weeks, obviously. And uh, I haven't seen some of my kids and grandchildren uh, since uh, last March. So uh, I need to, uh, I need to see people, but uh, listen, I, I think there's a bunch of factors here. I think the calendar is certainly <clears throat> a necessary condition for the phenomenon you, you, you describe. You know, the fact is uh, this is how schools function. And I don't believe it's possible for day schools across the U.S. to embrace a different schedule. The camps would be outraged. The, the non-Jewish teachers wouldn't tolerate it. Uh, everyone is on the same calendar and it's very hard to live in your own calendar. Maybe it's possible in uh, in Monroe, but it's not possible in uh, in Chicago or Cleveland. And, uh, and so we, we're stuck with the calendar. The other factor that I don't think you can discount is the um, is that even though we live in a time of uh, you know some spasms of anti-Semitism, the reality is. Uh, you know, you can't argue that Jews haven't, you know, the, the, the fact is Jews are in better shape today than they have been for quite some time. And uh, we're on the precipice of the majority of the Jews in the world living in Israel. Uh, we have thriving Torah communities all over Israel and all over uh, uh, Lakewood and uh, other places. Uh, you know, people are building and doing and learning and uh and working in environments that are not hostile. And uh, so it could be that the, uh, to expect intense sadness over the three weeks during a time in history, which is not sad, is maybe, uh, you know, unrealistic. It's not sad when you can, you'll get on a plane from anywhere in the world and walk through the streets of Jerusalem and see thriving, safe, secure, happy Jews, and you see the Mir Yeshiva with its hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Talmudim, and you, and you see, uh, you know, J Jewish neighborhoods growing and growing, Torah neighborhoods growing and growing, and when you don't live in a sad time, it's hard to uh, embrace a sad three weeks. Yeah, so this is a, this is really a challenge then, so it's really, it's exacerbated by our attitudes, but even if, even if, let's say, we could change things, which which I'm a proponent of. And I think, I, I again, it's you're saying it's pie in the sky, but I think there is a way to, to make a grassroots change, a way that the school system is, is, is uh, crafted. And, and just parenthetically, in the yeshiva world, in the very strong yeshiva world, they always go till, till Tisha B'Av, you know, in other words. So th there is a way, and I'm not saying that they should go till Tisha B'Av and only give kids off three weeks. What I was talking about was having sporadic breaks every month or every five weeks throughout the year, instead of having the 10 or 12 weeks or 11 weeks of, I don't know what we're going to do. And I can tell you by my own children, I don't know if your children have this problem as well, 
they can't, the camps are more expensive than the schools, right? To right. come up with stuff for them to do at camp. So I think all of that, and you're right, there's an infrastructure that, that, that feeds on it, but I, I think it's an infrastructure that's, that's in many ways, you know, draining people, but okay, let's assume what I'm saying is not going to happen. I had to put it out there anyway. I mean, I, I think if enough people are on my side, people like yourself and others, I think we, we could perhaps create a change in the future, but you're saying, even if we have my system, it's hard to feel sad because the world, despite COVID and everything else and other types of tragedies, it's sort of the Horbin. I don't feel the Horbin here. I don't feel the sense that God hates us and that God, you know, it's there's the wailing wall. It's not the wailing wall anymore, right? There's no, the wailing is, what are you wailing about, right? I think that's really what you're saying. No, I don't want to ignore the fact that we're, we're, we await Mashiach with great anticipation. We are still living bereft of. A, a, a central focus of Jewish life, the base of the Middash. And, um, and, and, we're, and, and we daven for it every day and, and we reference it at, at every juncture in our lives. But you can't compare the condition of a Jew in, uh, you know, in, in Tufshin Pe'alif to, to, uh, to Tuf Kuf Pe'alif. I mean, it was, it's a different universe. It's a, you know, uh, uh, we don't live feeling threatened. Now, again, I, I know we've talked about anti-Semitism in the past. While we know how bad it is and we know how much they hate us, but that doesn't mean we're vulnerable to it. Okay? We're not vulnerable to it. We are a strong, proud people with a strong, proud army in Israel and with the protection of constitutional democracies where the most of the rest of us live. And, uh, you know... So, and, uh, but we can't... So what are we supposed to do? Are we supposed to just turn our backs and just pay empty lip service to the three weeks? I mean, we, we, before we start, no, I'll tell you what we need to do. What should we do? I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what I would. Listen, if, every year the kids are in camp. Let's say we talk about a certain age group. Let's talk about the kids between the ages of nine and 16, right? The kids between the ages of nine and six. If you have kids younger than that, you're in trouble because you're going to have to do stuff with them in the summer. They're off at school. Otherwise, they're going to sit at home and drive you crazy. And, you know, and form a terrorist group against you. So you need to entertain the kids. All right. We're Michael. You have kids between the ages of nine and 16. Those are the camp years, I think, give or take. And I think that some of the camps do a very good job of emphasizing the core messages of the three weeks and the nine days of Tishabov. I believe we would be in much better shape if Jewish kids learned what keynotes mean, what, you know, and, and what they're saying on Tishabov, it's a huge thing. I think they'd be in better shape if they learned a little bit more about the uh, the history of the uh, of the Second Temple period and the First Temple period, and they actually understood what happened and all and all that was present and all that was lost. But at least learn what you're saying, and 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 the keynotes are filled with with. I mean, it's, it's beautiful poetry. It's tragic history. It's it's uh, It's a very it, and, and, and people are handed a book uh, and they don't know what they're saying. And, uh, and, and I think the camps could do a better job, being that they are holding our children prisoner for those weeks, of, you know, of using more of the learning time about Niyani Diyayma, about what's going on right now, which is the three weeks. And instead, I think what they do during the nine days as you get to Tisha B'av is really, you know, see uh, you, and... Um, Right, um, you, know, the getting the friend, you know, getting yeah. the hot dogs out because, hey, okay, who's making the see him today? And right. which is the exception. It should. No, I mean, I heard of one camp. I tell you this, I don't know which camp this was. I, I don't know. 
and, and, and maybe the story is not even true. This is the story I heard is that to, uh, I mean, it, which I, it's so obscene, I can't even say it. What they did was they built a model. You, of the you could say it, you just wouldn't want me to record it. But go right, on. They, they, they put, <laughs> they actually <laughs> built a model. They had the kids build the base of Migdush and then burn it down. Uh, like that's you know that's shtick I mean that's not real there's enough real things to do you don't have to make things up well you know what, let, let me push back on that I actually like the idea of of exploring what the base of Mikdash was I mean we know yes. and the idea of you know there's so many uh, aids today maybe the Holy Land Hotel was the beginning of that but today there's so many Sfarim where you can see actually what it looks like and you can have the kids really, especially using their artistic. Yeah, well, for talent. sure. I have no problem with trying to build uh, and look. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have a problem with burning. Yeah, <laughs> but okay, but 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 you know, I I actually like that. In other words, carefully constructed. This is what the Aron was, yeah, and, yeah. and yeah. actually do. Here's my point. Instead of having a morose, you know, maudlin sort of sad. Uh, we can't be sad because we're out in the mountains. We're not in the tenements right. that we used to live. No, we're I with our buddies, that, but we can we can really again. I'm sorry for stepping on you, but we could. I like your idea. Let's work instead of learning Masechtas uh, Bava Metzia. Right. They should learn uh, Yuma. They should learn Zvachim uh, Or well, Zvachim Menachos is pretty difficult when you talk about Pigol and Neiser. But Masechtas Tamid, Masechtas Midos. They could talk about oh, this is the way it looked, and this is where right. the Kohen Gadol did. And right. here's 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 we can even you know talk about the the race on Trumas Hadeshen that we were talking about and other right. things. And those things could be fun, and it could be transportive. To right. to what the base of Mikdash period exactly. was. I would also spend at least four days solid training young kids how to do Malika. I think <laughs> that would be really important. Well, they got to grow their fingernails like Howard Hughes right. as yeah, well. I think first. Malika, I think, should be trained. Yes, yes. Yeah. I, I remember we had Kohanim uh, in our yeshivas that would have their fingernails grown in order to uh, in yeah. order to do Malika. No, but he, uh, in, in the on the, seriously, I mean, there's enough to learn. You know, there's enough to learn, as you said. Tom and me, does he can learn? There's so much to learn, and 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 the greater appreciation of the base of Mikdash. And, but uh, but in but in a way where even though it's nine, ten, eleven year olds, where we don't necessarily want them to go through, you know, the the brisker Torah on that, right. which which is might be good for the older kids. But what the younger kids could do is those type of projects. And you know what, the idea that as beautiful as that project is, that we then destroy it, it actually wow we were working on that and, and now we burnt it that would be i think it, it would resonate so i wouldn't actually call After, that obscene my first response to hearing that story was thank god yoma Shoah is not in the summer <laughs> yes yes okay yeah it's a little bit different than building gas chambers but as <laughs> we as we know it's eights and viavonim actually you know there are midrashim that i'm sure you're familiar with in your 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 wealth of drush understanding but there are midrashim that say that say clearly, um, you know, like on Tisha B'Av itself, there was like, it was Shreikul B'Pelas Maznayim, is it going to be the people or is it going to be the building? And it was like, it was give and take. And then the Rabbi Shalom says, right. look, I'm going to let it out on the people, on the building. The people right. will live. And right. I think that's also an amazing message where this beautiful thing that we built and, you know, we're not going to kill it. No, listen, them. that's Oishis Parchus Bavir. It's the same message. In other words, the physical never is... is I, I hate to use words that people might misunderstand, but to understand that ultimately, you know, the, what 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 determines our identity 
are our ideas and our amuna. And those things can't be burned and those things can't be destroyed. In every physical space that we build for those ideas, whether it's the base of Migdash or every Bismajalist and every Shul, ultimately, it, all of those places have been proven to be dispensable. Well, yeah, yeah. Now, I, you know, you know, now that you got me thinking, you know, the, you know, I think one of the other, although this could definitely be a, um, you know, uh, a curriculum for for the summer for many people, just emphasizing the base Hamikdash. I think it also we we could mine the other things that Chazal tell us occurred on these days. For example, I'm not you know the 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 Shvir Saluchos, which right. which happens on Shavasa Betamos. Now they're not in camp yet, but they're about to get there. But but you can imagine that some of those things could also be uh, talked about. I think yeah. that the um, you know, and I think that there's. As you say, but I don't uh, think I don't think our, the camp should undertake a project to actually build an ego. Build an ego, yeah. Because that would probably be wrong. I mean, I would just you know, far yeah. be it for me to give advice, but I would suggest that. Yeah. Although I, th- I think I think they might gain from um, <laughs> Mel Brooks's um, <laughs> of the World Part One, where um, just having that image of the fifteen. No, I mean ten commandments. You might you might remember he came he comes down with three yeah, <laughs> three yeah, yeah. three luchos and some of them break. But you know, I think that there's a um um a way you know education could work. The, the question is though, even that Rabbi Pupko is a project that will take a while till it bounces back in the minds of the adults and the people that are sending them to camp, because they're still going on those trips. They're still um, uh, having a fun time. We are prisoners of our calendar. Yes. Uh, Which I don't know what, I mean, I I don't know what the three weeks look like in Vilna or, you know, in in 1750, I don't know what the three weeks look like, you know, in, in Ludge in 1920. I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, I, I read descriptions of many things that went on in Eastern Europe I've never really seen a, a descri- I've read descriptions of Tishabov, uh, but I, I don't really know what really, what was the Avira, what was the atmosphere in the, uh, in the Shtetlach during the three weeks? I don't know. I have no idea. I, I, th- I think, you know, if, if we actually investigate this with people who know, they'll probably tell us that there was a, 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 already in the beginning of the 19th and, and the, definitely in the beginning, middle of the, in the beginning of the 20th century, there was this idea that we're going to the Badim, we're going to Marenbad, we're going yeah. to all these Bad Hamburg. I mean, so I've what, read descriptions of El in the old world. And El, you know, they felt. Every Jewish man, woman, and child felt El. You know, they knew when the, you know, Rosh Hashanah was coming. They knew. Yeah. The Lithuanians, it was, yeah. It was coming. It was the a real, real thing to them. But I don't know about the three weeks. I, I really don't know. Listen, they're great. You know, Tishabov, we know. But uh, much more than that, we really don't know what I, I, I've never seen. It, yeah, you know, well, again, you, you raise a possible point that this isn't necessarily something that's a byproduct of the American or Western culture. It might be something that might have been true in Europe as well. But I mean, the fact is, the three weeks are during the time when there's good weather. <laughs> <laughs> that's the bottom line. Right. Yeah. In yeah. The countries in which we lived. So, and 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 I think it, it, it our messages need to be. I guess altered or fine-tuned in a way where it isn't, you know, completely at odds with where everybody is going. Look, I don't know what's happening in your shoal, but in many shoals, there are people that 
are gone. We talked about snowbirds a number right. of months ago, but there's probably people that, you know, they're on their trips. They're not around. Right. Um, it, being a rabbi during the three weeks in, uh, on Tisha B'Av, I know that you, you talked about uh, the kinnis, and I think do, I would say, 80%, maybe even 95% to Rav Salvechik and his influence, uh, the, he vivified this idea of Tisha B'Av being a kinnis learning experience and there's right. so much there i think so many other rabbis you know borrowed from him and yeah yeah for sure created that um no, that was a, he was a you know a master at the explication of kinos yes yeah in your show do they uh show movies on tisha B'av? i mean no, i always think... refuse to do that I, I every other show does it i, I you know it always struck me as wrong i wanted he... to do uh even the movies from my, you know, my friend Mike Rothschild, who is the uh, head of the Chafetz Chaim Heritage Foundation, they've created all these special films on Partishabov. How to speak Lush and Horror or whatever. So you're not, <laughs> you're our, not. Our people seem to be really good at it. So, so you don't have like adult. No, I refuse to do any of that. So you're sure what's going on? Just the air conditions on, you can come and have a good time. What do you what do you do? We come and we say Kinas and we go home and then we come back and have minchala, human beings. Yeah. Uh, there isn't a be there, there isn't I a refi- mo- I have always the, also the movies I suggested were uh, uh I suggested a Ice Station a glorious, Zebra. I, I I suggested Glorious Bastards, followed yeah. by the producers, and then just the rest of the afternoon watching episodes of Hogan's Heroes. Uh-huh. So that didn't go over well. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we could just have a, a endless loop of Schultz saying, "I know nothing. I know nothing. I know nothing." Um, um, I, I think well, listen, it's become very common either to have give a musser like this. I don't know who does it. Who does it? It's Rothschild. Well, Mike Rothschild's the, I don't know, he's sort I of like... I get emails about it for weeks before Jishima about doing it. I never did it. I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 I'm very averse to doing anything my, my father and grandfather didn't do. I, I'm very I'm very stuck like that. That's why you are emeritus, Rex. Now, uh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a dinosaur. I'm a dinosaur. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm an anachronism. I'm a living, breathing anachronism. Yes, and like, um, yeah, yeah and, and, and perhaps you will live way beyond your appointed time because uh, of I don't your... know. I'm just an anachronism. I feel like uh, <laughs> you, know, the guy you should have a to many, many longer yarn. Um, so, so again, so obviously, you know, you have Shavasa Batamas, which is, uh, you're going to be having your, 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 uh, the, I guess the Piyutim and the Salichas. So in your shul, even though COVID restrictions are starting to loosen, right? Right. You don't. You don't. You, it doesn't become an event. You don't turn it into an event. We we go to show. We do what we have Jews always did. We say slichas. Yeah. We don't eat. I Is understand. that enough? Yeah, I'm not sure. Like I said, I think that you know, Rav Yaakov Emden writes, and you see this in other places. That part of the reason why we're still in Golis is because we don't really feel it, and. The satisfaction that you were talking about, about seeing Yerushalayim, it seems like there needs to be a core of dissatisfaction and demand. And no, but listen, I think everyone understands that we believe the base of Mikdash is destroyed because of Sinaschina. We understand that as a people, we are far from unified and we continue to make each other miserable in so many ways. And no one has figured out how to enhance the respect and the decency that we should be exhibiting to each other. We don't know how to do it. We live in constant opposition to each other. 
We are a cantankerous, contentious people. Uh, either you're, uh, you know, we, we, we're just, we disparage each other. We disparage the groups that we don't belong to. And um, I believe that's more of a team sport than an individual sport. In other words, Jews to Jew, I think is better than people realize. But group to group is a disaster. Um, yeah, well, again, right. So the question is, what can we do during that period? I'm going to just throw in, listen, I, I, I do believe that the messages that the Chafetz Chaim Heritage Foundation and others talk about, which is about self-improvement, are probably important ones that we could work on in a way. And again, this is really the challenge. How do you work on things that you are already mentally um, primed to reject because you've heard it in so many preachy ways. How are you able to really absorb an, an idea and, and, and make it like your own and really make real solid changes? Uh, and I think that this is something which could be worked listen, on. Listen, I, I, changing people's midos, we know how challenging that is. But we also know where children learn midos. They don't learn it in school. They don't learn it in books. They learn mitos where they model behavior from parents. Yes, of course. We all know people who are much better than their parents. Uh, we know people who have done shufa. We, we all know that. But as a general rule, as a general rule, people model the behavior of their parents. And I think our parents have to start being a lot smarter about exhibiting the correct priorities. Because kids are geniuses as, as, as lie detectors. They know that lip service isn't real. They know how, how their parents live. They know what their parents talk about at a dinner table, at a Shabbos table. They know who their parents are talking about sitting on the back porch. They know. And they know if their you know, mother or father listens to the rabbi and shul about helping out a, a, an almana or, or whatever. They know that. And, and they know how they discuss things, whether it's Shaduchim or politics. They know all these things. And our parents have to be a lot smarter about exhibiting and modeling better behavior for their kids. That life isn't about, you know, let's redecorate because we can, but life is about, you know, ches, simple chesed demona. I mean, it's, you know, the message hasn't changed. And our, our parents are, are deeply influenced, uh, unfortunately, by some of the negative uh, trends out there uh, in the Jewish community, outside the Jewish community. And, uh, you know, if people led simpler lives materially and, 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 and you know, in richer lives spiritually, it would be uh, our, our kids would have better behavior within the family, outside the family, in their communities and with other Jews. It's, it's vital. Yeah, well, you we don't do it. I mean, it, it, it's, it's tough. I, 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 well, let me just throw one thing before we wrap this up with a little uh, political talk. Um, you know, I, I came across an interesting uh, Mishnah Brewer last night in my teaching that I do, and uh, it talked about why, um, you know, the, the halachas in terms of fasting for uh, for children, the way the Beis of Paskins and um, and uh, the Beis of Paskins that even 11-year-old children should fast on Yom Kippur, which is based on the Gemara, really, a, a straight right. reading of the Gemara. You know, the Ramah mentions the, the, the Shittas of various Rishonim that disagree with that. And um, I saw that, you know, the Mishnah Bura says that, you know, the Minig is for children 
not to fast, uh, despite, uh, you know, with, unless they're really strong and healthy. And he uses a term, which I thought was interesting, Yoret Chulsha Lidoyres, that there's a Chulsha, that a weakness that our generation has. Our generation isn't as strong as, as, as the previous Doyres. And we've seen this in many ways. Uh, Rav Henkin used this similar idea when he talked about the allowances of various uh, laws about taking showers and bathing during the nine days, that, that our generation is different. Um, and, and, well, well, the major difference is indoor plumbing, but okay. Right. But, but my, my, I guess my point is like this, that there was a, 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 an allowance, and I, I would say courage, on the postcamp to say, we can't be macabre this homer anymore. And we could say there's a whole shaladeiros. That we now here's where I want to see if you agree with me. You talked about the fact that we're just overwhelmed by the goodness, the shefa of Dvarim Tovim, of being able to see a beautiful Medina Sisrol and the wealth that you know, despite what Biden and other people are doing, the wealth that 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 so many Jewish communities throughout the diaspora have. What I'm thinking is also there's also an attention span issue. The idea of having three weeks concentrated towards something, again, I, the Muslims seem maybe they can pull it off better with Ramadan, but I don't know if we can do that. So what I am suggesting is that maybe despite what the, 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 the Ashkenazim have done, which is start everything with the three weeks and be intense and build up to this, you know, Tisha B'Av, maybe if we shortened the amount of time, realizing the Chulsha, not only of our physical self, but the Chulsha of our mental self, Right. That then, you know, a week, yeah, th- that we can hold. You know what I'm saying? Like, like uh, we, if, if there would be, and, and, and really, you know, jump in with the Spartan and that way. Well, yeah, I, th- I don't think, I, I think what you're saying is eminently logical. I would just tweak your suggestion to say, of course, we don't change any Menhagim or Halachas. But what we can do is make a concerted effort to emphasize Shur Shachabot or maybe the nine days and, and to emphasize that. And, and therefore, at least during that period, which is halakhically, you know, uh, certainly a, a, a more, much more compelling case for feelings of, of, of sadness and malice, that, uh, you know, at least emphasize that. You know, there should be. Right. And, 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 I, and I think if we take that week, we could take away people's guilt and dissonance from the other. Now, I'm not, I, again, obviously, so what you, I'm. You, 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 might, you might have a good point that when people started getting lax about the three weeks, that laxness had a spillover where it shouldn't have had, meaning in, into the nine days. Yes, uh, for, for sure. Yeah, because so, I, so I, I don't have any problem with people emphasizing, not, not ignoring, but the other, but emphasizing, you know, with with the singular energy, energy, you know, uh, from a shchayish of or shuvashchavai, depending but, on. The but, but but as you see, various little pieces. Now again, does that mean we're going to have weddings and stuff during that no, time? I don't, I don't, I don't know, but I, I but I, but I just feel that uh, for us, in our generation, and our children, and our grandchildren, less is definitely more. Mm-hmm. And I think that we we don't have we we put it this way. I remember when I you know, again to to segue here. I remember when I was uh, um, um, uh, around twelve. Um, you know, the they re-released West Side Story in. Right in the theaters. West Side Story, of course, was a was the Academy Award winning film from 1960, I believe. Maria! <laughs> I want you, yeah, go ahead. Yes. Um, and uh, 
it was, you know, Jerome Robbins, uh, you know, it was oh, all Jews, a bunch of Jews developed it. But I remember going to West Side Story finally, because I finally got to see it in the theater. It was right before I went to Near Israel. It was about, I guess, a couple of months before I showed up in, I was 12 years old. And I remember I was watching it by myself in the theater, in the Malco Theater in, in Memphis on Poplar Avenue. And I remember sitting through like the 12 or 15 minute um, uh, overture. You know, you sat in front of a movie right. for 12 minutes, Gone with the Wind. I remember when I went to see it in the, in the Crosstown Theater in Memphis. And people of, of our age and, the, and our parents, they were able to go to a movie and you would sit there for 15 minutes listening to an overture, right? Obviously, we don't have that anymore. We cannot do that. And, 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 and I think we need to know our generation. They need things in a frenetic, quick way. Everything is a meme. Everything is quick. They're out there. Right. So it's, it's hard. We, we, we therefore cannot apply the old-fashioned, long-winded speeches and the long-winded drushes and, 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 and the, uh, the frontal sort of mode of what the three weeks has been. So I think there is, there is room, I think, for... Uh, shelving certain things and, and shifting them. Let's talk about. Uh, I, I can't endorse shelving. What I can endorse is singular focus on. Okay, but if it's not shelving, it's definitely skirting it and not in a way that not recognizing that never we have to do this and it's it'll work. Otherwise, I think we're we are talking about. Well, um, listen. I mean, the truth is, you you're right about something that's very important. Is that those in the intensely Torah centric communities. If they would hear you say this is, well, that's Dafka what we have to fight against. We have to fight against that infiltration of the short attention span. We have to assert our own cultural uh, prerogative. You know what? Even in their own ranks, it's not working. It's Those not working. Kids, no, I know it's not working. I go to, I, I dive in every morning in a yeshiva of, you know, right wing yeshiva. Hever who come and happens to be convenient for me to dive in there. And I enjoy diving there immensely, but I can see the kids do not have an attention span. I see the really? kids, they're, they're not, I see from their Hazara Sashats, I see from what's going on that, that this, you know, you're not going to be able to stop this. Uh, and um, I think therefore, you know, you need to, you need to do what you can. But, but again, whole... ironically, this podcast should be longer. <laughs> okay so maybe we should cut out the last thing but i know you have something that you want to say about this both of us of course lived in the in, in the great city of new york the big apple I, yes i was just recounting my first date that you um and and your wife at the time uh, arranged for me um and i, I was, left you my car yes i i drove your station wagon yes, and dodge almost aspen, 1979 dodge aspen wagon yeah, right. I remember it was brown. It had brown and yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. It was it was multicolored, and yes. um, and uh, I went on that date with her, and um, the rest is history. Yes, well, I, I actually you should listen. I talk <laughs> about some of the wonderful things that she said to me uh, at the time. <laughs> but thank you for thank you for initiating me into the world of the the the, the fairer sex, so to speak. And to I, I'm a, I'm the doctor of love. Yes, you were. Yes, you were. That was a, a it was a good idea. But anyway, the, <laughs> yeah, I, I remember I yeah, anyway, it was a wonderful you, those experiences were great. But we we're both New Yorkers in that way. We both lived in New York, who, as we've talked about the New York Times before. So what's your take on um, th- is New York relevant anymore? Does the mayoral yes, election, is. the mayoral election center is, of the world? OK, the mayoral Listen, election. I, I, I believe that this election will be a blow to uh, the uh, the woke 
the AOC endorsed Wiley. She's in second place, but I don't think she has any chance even with this, you know, this new way of voting. It's sort of Canadian. It's sort of a Canadian way of voting. I don't know what it is. And, uh, you know, uh, Eric Adams will win. Eric Adams is, 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 is a Democrat. And for some reason, there are people in Park Slope who think he's a conservative. He is very far from being that. But he is not someone dumb enough to think defunding the police is a good idea. I mean, here's the lie that everyone's telling and that Joe Biden is pretending to believe because you can't buck the system that's in place right now, right? He got vilified in the campaign for supporting the crime bill in the 90s. The crime bill in the 90s, which according to today's culture, resulted in the mass incarceration of young black men, the whole thing, that was well voted for overwhelmingly, not a, a bare majority, not even a healthy majority, overwhelmingly endorsed uh, by Republicans and Democrats alike. I will just here, I will remind the listeners of of certain things. The Congressional Black Caucus uh, supported it. It passed 392 to 16 and 97 to 2 in in the Senate. And And they always talk about how, you know, powder cocaine versus crack cocaine, there was a disparity. That was understood that the crack cocaine was because of, 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 you know, of its availability was fueling terrible crime wave in the black community. It was the black community that wanted harsher uh, penalties and, and, and sentences uh, for that. And they all now claim in retrospect it was racist. It's a lie. Every study shows that black people want more police in their neighborhoods. More than white people say that because black neighborhoods are more victimized by crime. And for these morons to think that defunding the police is a winning idea will hopefully be repudiated by, in New York City, a liberal bastion will be repudiated in New York City by a victory for Eric Adams. And, um, you know, obviously, you know, he is an African-American. And I think that that is a, uh, even more than Dinkins at the time uh, when he was mayor of New York, I think it's, it, 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 this calls for uh, considering everything that's happened with George Floyd and other things, I think it's called for the biggest city in the United States to be uh, the, the chief executive should be an African American. I think that's a very a good thing. I think it, uh, it, 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 it's not, it's about time. I think it's also a proof that there is not systemic racism in New York. New York is not a majority of a, a, a black population. And yet um, it's going to be a plurality or, or a majority votes for him. Uh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think that. Uh, what do you say in terms I, for the Jews? Does it make a difference who the can, who the winner is? Listen, Yang was very popular amongst the Haredim early on. Uh, I looked at the neighborhood by neighborhood polling late last night. Borough Park continued to support Yang because he, again, sought their votes and made certain commitments uh, that were important on their agenda. But uh, many of the Haredim also moved to Adams. So, uh, you know, I think for, I think for Jews. Jews, you know, need police. Let's be blunt. We need a strong police and have a former cop, a guy that understands this, understands policing, who wants to reinstitute some of the squads that de Blasio got rid of uh, that were so important in in crime prevention, I think is, uh, you know, is, is of course, helpful. Do you think that um, this will stem the tide of flight not no. black not white flight but jews have been moving out of new york there's no, that's a, economic that has to do with taxes and uh, so that's going to stay no matter who the mayor is i don't think 
it might help. Yeah, it might. It might, you know, if, if crime gets under control, it may, it may, it may help bring some people back even. But a lot of the reasons people leave out are more economic, but I, I'm not sure. So it is, uh, in your mind, you're happy with this this result and you believe, as you say, it's a victory for the non-woke in a way. And right. hope, hopefully, again, you know, the uh, we, we definitely want the Rabbanu Shalom to uh, listen, give the to the, to, the, to the political leaders. Listen, what the reason the woke guys win is not because anyone agrees with them. Everybody with an IQ above 40 knows it's insane to talk about some of the things they're talking about. It's insane to believe that telling a group of students hard work can lead to success in America, that most 99% of Americans know that is not a racist statement. You're allowed to say that, right? It just is the, the, uh, the priesthood of the woke cult, you know, will we'll, we'll go ahead and say crazy things that, oh, that's a racist statement. Uh, mathematics, insisting on correct answers is, is a white supremacist or comes from privilege. You know, it, 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 everyone knows that the problem is not the world culture, but the cancel culture. Because if you take them on, you risk exposure to this insane outpouring from this very small minority that too often dominates Twitter or wherever else. And, and, and people have to, I think an election like Eric Adams emboldens the normal liberal to say, to start being able to ignore the woke. That's what we need. We don't need the woke to become unwoke. Let them be crazy. We need the great mass of middle Americans to say, you know, to have the courage to say what they believe, which is that's the, that the woke culture represents a fringe of a fringe and that uh, need not be taken seriously in, the, in, in American political life. You know, I, I agree with you. You know, I didn't see the, um, the complete ballot but I think that there it has been, although there isn't a Jew at the top of these ticket as the mayor, I think in terms of city council and other. Oh, Heshi Tischler is running. We can all hope for his success. <laughs> but, but I think in general, I guess my point is, is that there's more Jews and Orthodox Jews um, throwing their, their hat oh, yeah. in the ring and wanting to be part of the system. And I think that we should applaud. Absolutely. I think that. And 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 with the spirit of Rabbeinu Shapiro, who sat in the Sam and Morrison, yeah, and others of Aaron Levin and other uh, of um, you know the uh, the uh, the Potavarov and others who you know served at some time, I believe, in in that position. But I think it's a little bit different than just your token uh, fellow there. I think it's really, in a way, I don't know if I'm correct, a sense of we can be citizens and we can work within there. We can put our judges there. There's so many at this point, you know, Orthodox judges. Um, I mentioned my, our friend Rabbi Nock <laughs> and, and others, but there's really uh, so many people out there. And I think having someone at the top of the ticket, someone who's the, 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 the main executive, I think leads, who's positive towards us, I think leads more Jews into- Yeah, yeah for sure. And, and I think that can only be a, norm, a normalcy in a Kiddush Hashem. Well, listen, enjoy your trip. I hope that we're going to be able to catch you uh, before uh, Absolutely. You, you, take, you take off. We'll catch you, everybody, here next week. Right. Take care, everybody. Be well. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. 